Well, let me explain a whole bunch of things about not only tonight's show, but next week and the week after. There's so much stuff just to get to to explain to you. That's, that's the main reason we need the pre-show, so we can save the 11 o'clock regular, quote-unquote, irregular show. Dave's gone by for all the fun stuff and, and not have to deal with what, I guess, housework or, or scut work, you might want to call it. Anywho, I'll explain that I'm Dave Lefkowitz, radio personality, theater critic, and radio host, and that I've been doing radio on this radio station, AM 1240, WGBB. Freeport, New York, and live streaming on the web at am1240wgbb.com since October of 2002. Still going strong, hopefully, and uh, trying to entertain myself, if not everybody else. So, uh, I've been doing a pretty darn good job of it, I think. And since it's been going on so long that I've been doing Dave's Gone By, we've reached a milestone, and yet another milestone tonight is the 200th episode. I don't have a kazoo, I don't have a, one of those little fluty things, so I'll just have to go... Yeah, that, that wasn't that exciting. That, that's, that's my celebration from the 200th, well, the beginning and end of the celebration of it, but I'm very proud of that. Uh, I had no idea when I first started doing Dave's Gone By, whether it would take, whether I, I would be comfortable doing radio, whether it was something that I wanted to keep doing or that I would run out of ideas or people I wanted to talk to. Not even close, folks. I, I'm, I feel like just getting rolling for a bunch of reasons. But the main one is that it's still fun for me. It's still great to go up in front of a microphone to think of the folks out there listening, even if it's just a couple, although I, I get the feeling it's quite a bit more, and who laugh at my jokes, or groan at my bad jokes, or vice versa, or who just find most of what I say, or some of what I say interesting, like some of the music I play, or are interested in some of the either well-known guests that we've had on the show over the years, or, or maybe some of the lesser-known ones, or the weirder ones. It's all good. It's all been great fun. And I hope to continue doing it for some time. So anyway... Let me explain that tonight's 200th episode will have some best of material. It's going to be like a, a clip show, but only for about 10 minutes or so. Because I figure, hey, you're my good, loyal, wonderful listeners. So you've already heard all these things, because you tune in every week, don't you? You've heard the song parodies, you've heard the little skits and stuff, so why should you have to hear them again if you've already tuned in? You want some new radio even though you're not paying for it, or if you really wanted to hear some of these things over again, you could buy my CDs. But okay, but okay, you want something new. You want something special for Hanukkah, because happy Hanukkah is where we are two days in. We're only a couple of days from the beginning of winter, and for our Christian listeners, it's Christmas coming up on uh, Friday, Saturday, whenever, well, sometime soon. When is that? It's Friday. Um, no, no, Monday next. I'll explain. Sorry. Anywho, happy holidays to everybody, of course. But the special thing about tonight's episode of Dave's Gone By is that we've got an interview with Bruce Adler. Now, um, he's an actor you might know more by face, say, than by name. Tony nominated twice, once for Crazy For You, where he played Mr. Zangler, the impresario, and he was also nominated for a show called Those Were the Days, which was a, a Yiddish-English 
Broadway uh, musical review back in, I guess, the early 1990s, maybe 1991. So he has a great facility for dialect and for comedy and for song. He's very entertaining. And in fact, most people, if you do know him, it's from seeing him year after year on not one but two Chabad telethons. First, you'll have him on the the one that you get just around before... Um, Oh, gosh, uh, Shana Tova, Rosh Hashanah. Now, that's the one that they do out of California that Jerry Weintraub does, and we have the amazing Jerry Weintraub. I mean, God bless him, he gives a lot of money to charity, and he makes movies and, and stuff like that, and he's got these millions, and he's, he's spending a good chunk of it helping out Chabad, which is a, a good organization. But sometimes he'll get on the air, and he's about the last person who should be on television, let alone be doing speeches endlessly for a charitable cause. Uh, of course, there's that wonderful time when he had been in a car accident the week before the telethon. So he comes on there with a, his cast in a sling, and he starts talking about Chabad and the good work that they do. But he's, he's out of his mind because he's on medication. So his family is talking like this and, and telling these stories that go nowhere, and even mentions in the course of them that he's, yes, he was injured, so he's in pain, and he's tanked up on medication, and slowly. <laughs> so he's been drinking and taking medication, and the beautiful part of it, even more so, is the fact that Chabad's main goal is getting people off of drugs. So that, that was one of the most priceless moments in the history of that telethon. But this isn't about Jerry Weintraub or even Chabad, but if you've seen that telethon or the Hanukkah one that they just did two weeks ago with Rabbi Pearl out on Long Island, and that one was hosted by WGBB's own Mickey B, well, you saw Bruce Adler doing his thing, doing his Yiddish and, and English singing, and of course, the, the famous uh, bit that he does about the golden age of Yiddish radio. And, you know, Blink says to go, Blink says to buy, and, and he does it every year. And, and the telephone is like 25 years old now. So you know, you tune in, there he is doing that, that same bit. And in some ways, it's absolutely maddening if you're always tuning in. But in other ways, that's part of the joy of it. And you realize that there's there's 70 and 80 year old people who are tuning in to this telethon, and that's what they want to say. See Bruce Adler, oh, he's going to do the Yiddish radio bit. I'm going to give $10. So God bless him. God bless him. God bless them. He's going to be our guest in the neighborhood tonight at 11. Bruce Adler, the kosher cowboy of Broadway. I guess that description fits as well as anyway. So don't miss that. Oh, by the way, I'm not going to be interviewing him. Rabbi Sol Solomon will be the interviewer of, uh, of Mr. Adler. Now, uh, Rabbi Sol is usually in kind of a cantankerous mode. He's, he's, a, he's a difficult character. I, I don't know if you all realize this, but he is the spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches in Great Neck, New York, and has been for some time. So um, he's, he's, he can be rather difficult to deal with, but because... He loves Bruce Adler, loves the telethon, loves um, Yiddish and, and Yiddish-oriented music, and the fact that it's Hanukkah. He's in a tremendously happy mood. So hopefully he's not going to offend too many people tonight. A few, 
that's fine. I'm, I'm kind of upset if my show doesn't offend some people. But he's, I, I think it's going to be a very, as he would say, freilich and fun sort of night. So we've got the best of stuff for the episode number 200 and the rabbi talking to Bruce Adler all tonight from 11 until midnight. In fact, let's hear some Bruce Adler doing one of the ultimate classics of the Yiddish stage, Romania, Romania. Ja, Parkenicken ist das Rumänisch, weil ist, ist, ist. 
Greetings from Long Island, where every highway is a sunrise. It's time for Dave's Gone By, an hour of comedy, talk, and music brought to you by Total Theater, with your host, Dave Lepkowitz. You've never heard anything like it, so sit back, relax, squeal if you must. Here's the host of Dave's Gone By, Dave! Tropical hot dog night! I shoot flamingos in a fruit fight! In every color of day! Whirling around at night! Well, there goes the Daverhood! Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I was about to say that I have said that phrase 200 times. But actually, come to think of it, it just struck me that I have not. Because even though this is the 200th episode of Dave's Gone By, yay! Um, there, there were a couple of different openings of the program. It just occurred to me. There was one time I honestly opened the show for a couple of months doing... Hose me down! Not sure... Not sure why that struck me as, as a, a, an important and good thing to do to open the show with. Well, I, I do know why it struck me, because it's silly and, and wakes me up and is kind of fun. So I'm going to do it again. Who's me down? But that wasn't it. Um, what else, guys? I guess greetings and good evening. And um, actually, I'd love to, to go back and listen to some of the early shows and know exactly how I opened it, because so much back then was scripted. So many of the times that I would open the show and even talk it supposedly extemporaneously, I was so nervous about what I would say and always thought of myself more as a writer than as a performer that I felt comfortable. I would, I would start to just make notes, type out notes to work from. And then in writing out the notes, I would become so specific and try and put it so much into the style of speech that I have that after a while, I just, oh, I'd say, the hell with it. I'm just going to type it out as I'm going to say it, and just say it, and go with it. So everything, not everything, and certainly not interviews, but for a long, long time, a whole chunk of Dave's Gone By was scripted until I finally weaned myself away from it, for better or worse. So I, I think I'm probably a shade less witty than I used to be, and <laughs> I wasn't very witty to begin with. But I think, uh, as I've been told by several people, that um, what I, I lose, perhaps, in sparkling repartee, I gain in spontaneity, and just the, the sheer anything-off-the-top-of-my-head liveness that's what, what radio could and very often should be all about. But anyway, there goes the neighborhood. I've been using that phrase for ooh, at least 50 shows or more. And we're at, now, number 200 on this December 17th, 2006. We're calling the program Two Cents Worth, as in two C-E-N-T, as in hundreds worth, because we've reached 
our 100th show. We've been on the air since October of 2002. I'm very grateful to the station for giving Dave's Gone By a home. And uh, we've been moved around a little bit, but we've become comfortable in this Sunday night time slot. Also want to thank... Uh, program director Tom Ross and Jeff Lowe, who is the uh, station manager, for, for letting me also, at least for the time being, have that extra half hour before the program, the pre-show, to joke around with my good friend Jeff and also to, to do some other stuff that I don't have time to do in the regular program. What is the regular program? What is Dave's Gone By? It's the same as it was as, from the very first program, which means it's a little different. Every week. It's talk radio, comedy, music, interviews, sketches, uh, monologues, just things off the top of my head. It's whatever feels right for that week. And it seems to, to have been working out for weeks upon weeks over the past four years. And of course, I thank all of you for listening and thank the sponsors for sponsoring Hewlett Minuteman Press. The Copy Kings of Broadway on the South Shore. Mortgagesrock.com. Yes, they do. It's not about just a place that gives you mortgages. This is a place where you learn how to be a broker and to get other people mortgages. Mortgagesrock.com. Performing Arts Insider. The Bible of Broadway. Everything you want to know about Broadway, Off-Broadway, Cabaret, uh, Opera, dance happening in Manhattan. This is the industry Bible and has been since the mid-1940s. Performing Arts Insider. Find out more about it at performingartsinsider.com and Fancy Schmancy Balloons for all your party decorating needs. That's Jeff, the, my usual co-host who happens to be in Florida this week. I'm sorry that he's missing our big, uh, not so big, 200th episode, but I'm sure he's with us in heart and spirit, and we'll be back next week. And if you do have a bar mitzvah, a Christmas party, uh, well, I guess Hanukkah parties are kind of done with now, but if you're doing a big New Year's thing, or even a relatively small one, office parties, christenings, uh, bat mitzvah, any kind of party, that your thing, or or our funeral, where you didn't like the person very much, and you want to send them off in a very funny sort of way, Jeff will do the balloons and he'll do the centerpieces, and he does them really well and reasonably priced. No, you gotta go somewhere else for the flowers, but Jeff does all that other stuff for uh, fancy schmancy balloons. They're number five one six seven nine seven three two two nine. Let's see. I want to, to front end a bunch of the uh, the house. Work, the housekeeping things about the show, so I can get to the, the other, the cool stuff later on, such as tonight's special guest, Bruce Adler, the singer, the actor, the tumbler, and the, the fellow that you've seen on the Chabad telethons twice a year, doing the Yiddish radio bit. And yes, you know you've seen it. You know, you, uh, Blink says to go, Blink says to buy. That's him. And he is going to be on the show talking to the one and only Rabbi Saul Solomon in just a few minutes. He's also a Tony-nominated actor. I mean, he's got quite a career. And it's going to be, I think, great fun when the rabbi talks to Bruce Adler on this episode. Plus, we'll be playing a couple of highlights from the... I mean, we've only got an hour. So I couldn't play lots of the the great interviews that we've had over the year. Everyone from uh, Peter Tork of the Monkees was a guest on the show a while back. We've had um, a couple of resume writers that, that Peter Fitzgerald had fun with just last week. Ray Dessel, the, the cabaret singer-songwriter. We had 
she was, I think she was 90 or 91, a Latin actress named Anita Velez Mitchell that we had a, a tremendous time with. I mean, it's just been a really delightful year. So, going to play just a few little clips and sketches and songs and snippets a bit later on in the show. But, again, front-loading some of the information stuff. Uh, let's see, let's see. First of all, I want to tell everybody, before I forget, that next week, Dave's Gone By will be on the air from 11 until midnight. However, we won't be doing the pre-show because it's going to be pre-empted, or pre-show emptied, by Christmas music and crap like that on the station. So, if you like that sort of thing, from 9 to 11, grab your log, your wooden log, don't be disgusting, and, and give a listen to WGBB, and then we will be on from 11 until midnight. I was just here that I got a whole story I just read about the Yule Log somewhere. I think it's probably on Yahoo that they're going to be doing it again this year. This is now a documentary about the Yule Log that they're going to be showing on, on Channel 11. So it's not enough that it was the, the most wonderfully dumb idea in the history of really in the history of the universe since the wheel, of just playing Christmas music and showing a burning fake log. Well, no, it was a real log, but they showed this 20-second loop over and over. Now they're going to do a documentary about the log and then show the log. So, God bless that. I think that's wonderful. And, and believe me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Jewish and I get totally ragged out by Christmas. I get sick of Christmas time now in October, because they've already started advertising and putting up decorations and doing the, the incredible commerce overload that this country goes into. So last thing I want to hear is a Christmas carol. The last thing I want to see is a damn crisp. Last last thing I want to think about is Christmas trees and whether they're holiday trees or they're actually Christian. Just leave me alone with that. But there's a soft spot in my heart for the Yule Log. I don't know why. Anyhow, how <laughs> did I get on to that? Oh, just to, to let you know that uh, our, our own radio version of the Yule Log will preempt the pre-show next week, but not the regular program from 11 to midnight. Dave's Gone By will be here. And then the big, big news, the following week, station's totally making up for the preemption because we'll be on from 9 until 12.30 in the morning, maybe even 1 o'clock in the morning, I and uh, my co-host Jeff Goodman will be co-hosting the first, assumedly, hopefully annual WGBB New Year's radio party. going to be fun. You can call in. We're going to have other GBB show hosts taking part, stopping in, although it sounds like most of them are going to be a little too lazy to physically come to the station. We're going to get a lot of phone calls, pretty much. And, and I'm just, I hope we get one or two people walking in. There's going to be food people. And that, that usually brings them out. You just tell them, oh, yeah, come to the station, be on the air for five minutes. It's like, yeah. oh, well, we'll have cold cuts. Oh, well, they, <laughs> they bring truckloads of Mexicans with them. But anyway, <laughs> yes, let's be disgustingly racist. Anywho, gotta be there, on the air, New, uh, New Year's Eve, 9 p.m. till 12.30 in the morning, with uh, myself and Jeff Goodman hosting the radio party. Should be wild. I'm still figuring out what the heck we're going to do. Worst comes to worst, I've chosen a bunch of music. That'll be fun. But speaking of fun, let's get to... Oh, 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 one more thing I have to, to mention. We're on a sort of a weird Jewish-Yiddish streak at the moment, which I'm thrilled with. I mean, I think that's fine. It's not the only thing we do. But um, right now we're going to have Bruce Adler talking to Rabbi Saul Solomon 
two or three weeks ago when we had Ray Jessel on, uh, singer, songwriter, cabaret artist. And then next week, this is cool. This is cool. They're, they're letting games go by go on. They're not preempting that show. And so, rather than do a Christmas show, which I'm not going to do, I booked a celebrity. And we're going to be talking to Theodore Bakel. Now, that's, that's as Jewish as an actor as you get. That's pretty special. Theodore Bakel will be talking to me about his, and what a career he's had. I mean, he's been, I mean, won an Academy Award for the Defiant Ones. He was a folk singer. He helped establish um, the Newport Folk Festival. He was a co-founder of that. He was head of Actors' Equity for 10 years. I mean, he's just like, like any possible thing you can imagine that this man has done, he's done. So, Theodore Bakel, it's definite. He's going to be the, my quote-unquote Christmas guest next week on Dave's Gone By. So, we're going to hear a little of Theo before we go into Bruce Adler and continue the rest of Dave's Gone By. Do not go away. It's a great show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here 199 times before this one. Let's get to it. Oh, and happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah, Hanukkah, Yonte Fasheiner, a lustiger Afreile Hernito no Fasheiner, alle Nacht in Breidu Schwimmir, so die Käse Latkes essen mir, geschwinder sind Kinder, die Hanike Lichtelachon, lo mir alle singen, lo mir alle springen und lo mir alle tanzen in Korn. Lo mira le zingen, un lo mira le springen, un lo mira le tanzen in con. Hanukkah, oh Hanukkah, come light the menorah. Let's have a party, we'll all dance the horror. Gather round the table, we'll give you a treat. Dreadles to play with, the latkes to eat. And while we are playing, the candles are burning low. One for each night, they shed a sweet light to remind us of days long ago. One for each night, they shed a sweet light to remind us of days long ago. I love Internet Radio. You can surf stations and music for free and listen anytime on your computer. And I love Live365.com for playing vintage episodes of Dave's Gone By Saturday nights at 11. And I love the comedy channel they're on, DFSX Radio. But those letters, DFSX, who can remember that? Good thing you don't have to. Just go to davesgoneby.org and click the link, Saturday nights at 11. Spread the radio love. You rock! Yeah, yeah, you rock! You know what else rocks? Mortgages rock! Yeah, because MortgagesRock.com gives you the chance to help your friends get the loans they need. 
college loans, home improvement, new trailer, mortgagesrock.com helps you help them. And the more work you do, the more commission you get. Full service, fully licensed, mortgagesrock.com has real experts on the phone, at the website, in the office, making you a bigger, better broker. Mortgagesrock.com. We're making money never sounded so good. Rock on, mortgages. Hi, this is Bruce Adler, and you are listening to Dave's Gone By on WGBB. <laughs> Excuse me, Shalom. 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 Oh, my God, I am so thrilled. I am so happy to have with me on the air on WGBB this wonderful, talented singer, dancer, actor named Bruce Adler. Oh, I'm so thrilled. I've got such nachas here. Thank Bruce, you. The pleasure is mine, Rabbi. I watch you every year on the Chabad Telethon. You do? Every year. You do the thing with the old-time radio with the clippity-clop and the thing. You know, deluxe soap. I love this. Oh, how did you get that? Have you been doing that since the very beginning? Uh, not since the very beginning, but a long time. A long time. I'm a, I'm a good friend of, of Rabbi Pearl's. And their work is very good, and uh, it's a mitzvah, and I enjoy doing it. Well, wait, the Rabbi Pearl is the Hanukkah one, then there's the other yes. one, that's the Kunin. Kunin, I did that one also out in L.A. also, uh, the Life L'chaim. And they, they they all do good work, and it's like I say, it's a mitzvah, and it's a pleasure to do mitzvahs. Now, all kinds of mitzvahs, that's always fun. This is true, but still the beans, what is Rabbi Kunin really like? This is what I want to know. Well, Let's... all I can tell you is he's the only person in the last 30 years who got me to Lake Twilden. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, you're a married man, so as long as that's the only thing you're laying, I that's think we're it. in good yes, shape. yes, happily married, thank God. As a matter of fact, Skimpiramazeltov. Oh, by your muzzling? What? Yeah, yeah. In the beginning of March, I'm going to become a daddy. A, a bit, not a granddaddy, but a daddy. A daddy. A daddy. There's life in the Alta Box yet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> you got the schmeckle working there. How old are you? Can I know how? What? Can I know how? If I may ask, how old you are? Yeah, can you keep a secret? Um, only, only there's nobody listening, so sure. I, I, I can, so uh, I don't tell too many people my age, but I'm 136. Oh, this is, uh, <laughs> is exciting. You don't look a day over I'd say 190. Over 90, yes. <laughs> so tell me something. Tell me, tell me. How did you? You are from a Yiddish theater family, but not the Jacob Adler family, or not the Adler family, or how does that work? That's right. Uh, my, my parents were Henrietta Jacobson and Julius Adler, and my uncles were Irving Jacobson and Jaime Jacobson, and on the Jacobson side, my grandparents were also actors, Bessie and Joseph Jacobson. And the other Adler family, although not relations of mine, were very good friends of ours. Uh, so there, there's, I actually studied with Stella when I was a young boy. Um, but I grew up on Second Avenue and, and, uh, and learned all my lessons, played children's parts in the Yiddish theater, uh, learned all the tricks of the trade, learned how to dance, learned how to sing, watched the greatest comedians do comedy. And I learned my lessons from all of them. And uh, very much the career that I have in the American theater, you know, having been nominated for a couple of Tony Awards and, and, well, and whatever success I have, <laughs> is very much due to the lessons I learned uh, and, and the great artistry of the performers I used to watch. Well, is there a difference between acting in the Yiddish theater and acting in the, the regular Goyesha American theater? No, all, the only two differences are the language and the money they pay. <laughs> 
for whatever it is right now, is when I got my Tony nomination for Those Were the Days, which was a Yiddish-American musical in 1991. Was that Ellen Rice doing that? Yes, yes, she directed it, and she was also in it, and uh, and so were Bob Abelson and Mina Byrne, and, and, and it was a wonderful cast. Is by the way? Is, mm-hmm. is she still... Um... She sure is, and she's still performing and still kicking butt when she does. Oh, Miss Mazel. She's a, she's a fabulous lady, Mina. This is great. And as a matter of fact, we speak to her quite often, and she... She's she's great. She's very excited about the Yingla that's coming. So, the Yingla. So. Oh, your your yeah, yes. my yeah, the new the new Adler, the new Adler on the block. When is that due, by the way? Uh, beginning of March, end of February, beginning of March. Do you know what it's going to be besides yes, Adler? Or? It's going to be a boy. Oi, oi, God willing, God willing. We saw pictures already. We took pictures, and uh, he's the first picture we had of him was with his hands behind his head, with his feet crossed, like he's watching television. <laughs> he's Jewish. So Kinahara, and he's, and he's, he's, he's his daddy's boy, you know. Now, speaking of Judaism... Yes. Um, I, I used to be that... a rabbi, too, by the way. I didn't have a congregation. I worked at the Ever Ready Battery Company, and as the batteries came off the line, they used to say, a long life, a long uh, life. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, oh, God. All right, but we'll I'm forget about that. Ask your question. Ask your question. You're not orthodox, though. I would imagine you couldn't be in order to, to do American theater, because there's Friday nights, there's, or are you Orthodox in general? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm pretty much a conservative. Uh, I'm, I'm not very religious at all, but I am, I am culturally very Jewish. I'm very proud of my heritage. I'm very proud of the language. I'm proud of the humor. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the history. It's just that I'm not a religious person. And my parents weren't either, because oh. being actors, we weren't able to keep Shabbos. We weren't always able to eat kosher. And rather than, you know, be a hypocrite, we just chose to live our life uh, in this particular manner. So so you didn't have the jazz singer thing where uh, the father's like, oh, my God, you're going to sing on a Friday. You know, you no, no, I didn't have that. I didn't have that. I had a little trouble with my first marriage when I married a shiksa, but that cleared uh-huh. up. Thank God my second wife now is a nice Jewish girl and everything is much better. Oh, but how could you? Yeah, well, you, everybody's entitled to one mistake. <laughs> Good point. I hope she's not, no, no she's not listening. Probably. Have you encountered, uh, aside from, from me, anti-Semitism in, this, uh, in the business that you can point your finger at and go, oh, I know it was because I'm a Jew? Uh, I, I wouldn't call it anti-Semitism, but I, I, I have encountered in my career... Um, the sense when I went up for a role that when people knew what my background was, they would automatically say, oh, he might be too Jewish for this role. Hmm. You know, so the, the prejudgment of the talent. But I wouldn't necessarily call it anti-Semitism. It's just a mistaken judgment. You know, so I, I, would, I wouldn't go far as to say that. Well, it's kind of funny that, uh, as you said, your first break was Oklahoma. What did they cast you as? An Arab. The peddler. Yeah, well, well, actually, he's a Jewish peddler, even though he says Omar he's Persian. Even though he, but even though he says he's Persian, he's a Jewish. Because back in those days, who knew what a Persian looked like? Oh, who knew what a Persian sounded like? This guy was actually Neiman and Marcus and Sakowitz and, and all, all, of the, all of the Jewish uh, merchants uh, who, who avoided the uh the anti-Semitism by picking out these these nebulous uh, uh you know um mm-hmm. uh, identities uh but i mean even in the original uh play uh green grow the lilacs written by Lynn, Lynn Riggs on which uh Oklahoma is based 
the character is described as a, a short, wiry man with a middle European accent. And in that production, he's described as a Syrian peddler. Interesting. Did and he was, inter- incidentally, he was originally played in the straight play by Lee Strasberg. Another, uh, another one of us? Alonso. That's right. And the, and the original in the musical was one of the greatest Yiddish actors that I ever worked with, which was Joseph Bullock. So tell me something about uh, Bullock. Something interesting. Bullock was a wonderful actor. Wow. I, uh, my favorite Joe Bullock story is we were doing a, a show together called Schwetzesanayid, which is uh, translated as hard to be a Jew. And I was playing Schneerson, the uh, the Jew who's masquerading as the Gentile. Um, and um, they switch identities. And at any rate, it was the last performance. It was the final performance on a Sunday night. We had finished a full 20 weeks. And at the last, very last performance, Bullock came up to my dressing room and said, Boyle, listen, uh, in this scene that we do this and this and this, Let's try to ch- let's change this just a little bit. I want to see what happens. I think we can get more out of the scene. And it, it impressed me so that a man, first of all, of his stature, and it was the last last show, but he kept working. He still was looking to make it better and improve his craft. And I also felt terribly flattered that he would include me in that in that exercise. That he felt that he felt I would do it with him, and and it was worthwhile taking that. That thing with me, and I, I love that story about him. And He's a very keep, funny, very good actor. You keep learning, you keep yeah, doing, and you yeah, keep yeah, learning. Yeah. That's what it's I all mean, about. that's 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 what the entire Jewish heritage and culture is. It's it's based on learning. Now, uh, speaking of the things that you've learned, you have played uh, in in various, not necessarily on Broadway, but you've played Fagin and Tevya, right. and Nathan Detroit, and Guys and Dolls. Right. You were the, where were you with the Cowardly Lion? I was the Cowardly Lion, yes, in in, in, uh, in The Wizard of Oz. And well, where? I, I really uh, that I, the that of Oz. was done at the St. Louis Muni. Which it wasn't is, the Cowardly Lion in To Kill a Mockingbird. This no, I no. <laughs> but it, uh, it was, it was in the, at the St. Louis Municipal Opera, which is a 12,000-seat open-air really? theater in St. Louis, Missouri. Wow! Yeah, twenty-four thousand eyes looking at you every performance. It's uh, it's quite an experience. Are there any? Is there any famous roles, say the Shakespearean or whatever, that you wish at some point you could play, or maybe you're too old and can't play now, or still can? You know something? Uh, I mean, there are lots of roles I'd like to attempt to play. I'd like to do the Entertainer, Archie Leach in the Entertainer. Mm. Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to do a lot of things, but I'm normally happiest doing what I'm doing. Um, my favorite show is always the show I'm doing at the present time. Could you tell us a little bit um, about that show? Since you're doing it by show, uh, we're doing a show now at the Folkspina Theater, which is uh, is uh, a lovely little theater in the basement of the JCC at 76th in Amsterdam, and the the title of the show is called A Yiddish Vaudeville. And uh, what we've basically decided to do, uh, the Volksbühne, of course, is, is the only ongoing Yiddish uh, theater in, in the country. And uh, they were supposed to have a, a production come over from Israel, but because of all of the uh, problems, visas could not be issued. And they had an opening for these few weeks, and the, uh, the artistic director, Zalman Lutik, who is an old, old friend of mine. We together worked, uh, he and Moshe Rosenfeld and I worked on the Golden Land, on 2nd Avenue, and those were the days. So we have a very very rich and long friendship in history. But anyway, he called me and said, 
can you do me do us a favor and come here and do this show for us? Write it, direct it. We'll we'll find other writers. We'll get another director. And I have a very good friend of mine by the name of Dan Serretta, who is a, a well-known Broadway director and choreographer, multiple Tony Award winner, and and so on. Who's co-directing with me and helping me out, and and lots of great writers. And what we did is we put together a real vaudeville show and. The the only excuse for doing the show is to bring people into the theater and give them a taste of Yiddish vaudeville. And we've chosen some of the great old vaudeville sketches and some of the great routines from Michael Rosenberg and from Menashe Skolnick. Um. And there's a bright young cast, some new young talents with glorious voices and some, some talents that have been seen like, jo- uh, like Joanne Boards and Alan Lewis Rickman. Uh, and the two young, uh, uh, you know, Mitch Smolkin and, 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 and. Mitch Smolkin, there's a name for you. Yes. And Danny, uh, who's in the last name, God help me, uh, escapes me at this, at this particular but, but moment. Give us, give us that if you can. A little taste, a little stickle of what it, the vulnerability is, so what you do there. Well, I mean, we have, we have a lot of little crossover Kits and one-liners and uh, you do the hot shot thing. I love that. Well, uh, that I that I originated in in on Second Avenue right. 25 years ago. Uh, but when they did on Second Avenue last year, Mike Burston uh, uh, recreated the number and did that. So we're not doing it in this show. Oh. But I'm doing some Manasha Skolnick. I'm doing uh, a number that that I wrote, which is all about a Catskill Mountain dining room called Calm and the Kosher Cowboy. Um, and oh, the last class of C. Love it. Uh, and uh, and I'm doing a wonderful, wonderful song that was originally done by Ludwig Zatz uh, called Ich Benkeheim, which is a beautiful, beautiful ballad of uh, about a, a fellow who longs for the richness of, and tradition of the old home of uh, uh, Daraltaheim. Do you sing it in Yiddish or English yes, or both? Yes. Or? It's it's uh, it's a, a good deal of Yiddish with super titles in English and in Russian for the oh. Russian immigrants as well. Could you could you do just a verse of it? I'll yeah. I'll do the super titles here. Uh, what, what do you want me to do? No, make a, a little sing, a little a little uh, give us a, a tune. Ich demandsch Shabbos Kodesh bei ins in der Heim. Wir müssen Baptisch bald noch de Fisch helfen dem Taten mit dem Legen Gott dem. Kol mekadesh vi. And it's a song that goes with all of the all of the uh, those kind of things. And I have some funs with Tzayna uh, uh, Babysitter is a Jabba Gita, but it all depends on who the baby is. But <laughs> It all depends on who the baby is. Me legs you off the table, me schmitz you ice me toil. When the baby's Betty Grable, what mir schenke wesen will, but it all depends on who the baby is. So there's, there's lots of fun stuff. And, uh, I there's love it already. Stuff. And this is where? At the, uh, the JCC and Amsterdam? What? 334? 76th and Amsterdam. Oh, it sounds Amsterdam. Unfortunately, it's right across the street from Riverside Memorial Chapel. So people laugh themselves to death. Yes, and the you can go straight from the JCC there if, if God forbid, there's a problem. By the way, we mentioned uh, earlier also the, the the phrase "too Jewish" that you were perceived as being too Jewish for something. Well, um, when I was, you know, I, there was a time where that would that was said. Right, I was once told that I was too Jewish for Fiddler on the Roof. 
You're kidding Honest me. Honest to God. <laughs> the casting people for Fiddler on the Roof once told me I was too Jewish for that show. Even Golda Meir isn't too Jewish. What can I tell you? What can I tell you? They told me that. But the reason I bring it up is that there was a, a person who did a show off-Broadway called Too Jewish. Yes, Avi Hoffman, a very, very good friend of mine. And you are? Oh, I, I saw on your website, aren't you doing uh, a show? Yes, Avi and I in Florida are going to be doing a production of The Sunshine Boys. Wow, We're who going are to you make ourselves you? up to look older. Yes. And, of course, everybody who comes to see the show down there will say, Oi, Vezme, look how old they got. <laughs> <laughs> and you a new daddy yet? Yes, yes. So, but who plays who? Who's the George Burns and who's the? Uh, I'm going to be I'm going to be the Mathau character, and Avi's going to do the George Burns character. And that's in, in Florida when? In February. In Florida, we'll be doing that in January at Avi's new theater called the New Vista Theater. Avi owns a theater. That's wonderful. He's, he's begun a new theater. He doesn't own the theater, but we he he's created a theater company, and we've rented a theater, or he has rented a theater. And he's looking to produce several shows a year in repertory. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah, it's great. He's a very ambitious, very talented, go-getter kind of a guy. And uh, we're very good friends. And when he asked me if I would uh, participate with him, I told him it would be my pleasure. Well, it has been a great pleasure talking to you. Bruce Adler, I have one more question for you. Now Certainly. That you're going not only married, but a family man with, with a wonderful tzatzkala on the way. <laughs> what, since you have to travel, for your jobs, and you do cruises, right. and you, you do these things all over the country. I just signed with an international agency. I'm out of work all over the world. <laughs> True, but seriously, yeah. is that difficult sometimes with uh, the wife? You know, you, you, when it is. There's no one it nagging is. you for a month. I mean, you, do, do yeah. you miss that? Right now, I sort of don't like being away from As a matter of fact, tomorrow I have two days off, Monday and Tuesday. We don't play at the Volkspina, so I'm flying uh, home for the day for the two days tomorrow because we have a home in Florida as well oh. and that's where my wife is right now with my two stepchildren because I have two stepchildren nice. uh, Emily who is 15 and AJ who is 11 and they go to school in Florida and so we have a home there and then we have the home here and right now because Kinahara my wife is in her 27th month she's not allowed to travel <laughs> so, so well. she stays there and so I'm going down there but Usually we try to make sure that she and the kids come to visit me or I fly home on a day off. But I'm, I'm finally at the point in my life where I don't like being away from home. Well, we, we always wish you have a home everywhere with your talent, with your joy that you bring to the theater. And I want to also wish you so much luck and good mazel with the baby on the way. Thank you. And, and thank you so much for being with me, Rabbi Solomon. Bruce Adler, God bless you. It was a great, great pleasure, and I hope to have it again. It's not English, come a fast is come Yiddish, yo. Let me sing to you my song, Hutsatsa, Hutsatsa, I guarantee it won't take long, Hutsatsa, Hutsatsa, I dedicate it to my honey, Hutsatsa, Hutsatsa, and to my father with the money, Hutsatsa, 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 Mama, Hutsatsa, Mama, Birma, Hutsatsa, Hutsatsa, Mama, Hutsatsa, Mama, do enjoy, Hutsatsa, Hutsatsa, Mama, Hutsatsa, Mama, Birma, Hutsatsa, Hutsatsa, Mama, Hutsatsa, Mama, Hutsatsa, Mama, Hutsatsa, Mama, Hutsatsa, Mama, Hutsatsa, Mama, Hutsatsa, Mama,
industry. Spaceman says, I just got a brand new hearing aid. It's the best one in the world. It cost me a fortune, but it's worth every penny. I hear every word as clear as a bell. Second one says, what kind is it? He says, 330. I went to get myself some meat. Ta-ta, ta-ta. I had some blintzes, hot and sweet. Ta-ta, ta-ta. The blintzes tasted good to me. Ta-ta, It woke me up at half past three. Ta-ta, It's not so funny. I finally got back to sleep. It was four o'clock in the morning. Five o'clock in the morning. What do you think wakes me up? My wife's crepe I came home for dinner the other night. She was crying. She said, the dog just ate the brisket I made for dinner. I said, don't cry. I'll buy you another dog. <laughs> Man's in a cemetery, and he's beating on a grave, and he's yelling, why did you die? Why did you die? So I asked him, who died? He said, my wife's first husband. Why did you die? Neighbor's wife is very nice. She came to see me once or twice. She played my heart just like a fiddle. Her husband walked in in the middle. Two men in a schwitz. Vice man says. Second one says, Where you running? Three men in a schwitz, same schwitz, first man says, ah, second one says, ay, ay, so the third one says, ay, 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 first one says, fellas, I thought we agreed not to talk about the children. I went to take myself a schwitz, I'm a chaya, such a hit, I went to lose weight like coyote, now I'm thin but two feet shorter, did I ever tell you about my family? My grandmother, God bless her, she's 96 years young, 96 years young, I took her to the dentist, he made her a new set of teeth, next day she's back in the office, she says, hey doctor, the teeth what you made me, at this they don't fit, they glitch in the, it's rubbing on the sides and they don't fit. So he takes her in the office, files down the teeth, sends her home. Next day, she's back in the office. She says, Oi, doctor. Oi, doctor, I don't know what you did to me. But today, it's up as voiceless than yesterday. The teeth, they don't fit. They glitch and stuff. I don't want the teeth. They don't fit. He says, try them a few more days. She says, they don't fit. He says, wait a minute. They don't fit when you talk or when you eat. She says, no, they don't fit at night in the glass. <laughs> And I got a cousin, Yuckel. My cousin, Yuckel, the biggest hypochondriac in the world. That terrible hypochondriac. He died six months ago. Yeah. So last week I went to the unveiling. On the tombstone. On the tombstone it says, So now you believe me. Now I'm finished with my song. Like I promised not too long. Alright, it took up 30 minutes. Just be glad I'm finally finished. Dave's Gone By listeners know I love a good play on words, but let me say a good word on plays, my plays, in a lovely book called Marriage, Babies, and the End of the World, comedies that range from strange to deranged, fun to read, and unmistakably Dave, just $20 hardcover, $12 soft. 
put down that crappy bestseller and pick up some laughs. 516-295-1511 or davesgoneby.org for marriage, babies, and the end of the world. I want to get married. Oh my God, this is terrible. What? There are 168 hours in a week, but Dave's Gone By is only one hour long. I know, I'm just on Sunday night. But that's not enough. Well, why don't you just get my CDs? CDs? All my complete shows are on compact disc. $11 a piece, or less if you buy more. Just go to davesgoneby.org. Fully packaged, they make a nice gift, too. Wow, my depression is cleared. Great. But not my psychosis. What chicken is this? Well, the chicken is 11.42 p.m. on this December 17th on Dave's Gone By, our 200th episode. Wow, got to thank both the rabbi and Bruce Adler for... (laughs) <laughs> a fabulous interview. I, I just I loved hearing that and uh, wish them both great luck and wonders in the new year and a happy Hanukkah to them and to all of you. So, yes, this is show number 200 of Dave's Gone By. We have a little bit of time, so I am going to play some clips of the past shows. Just, just a little bit of all the things we've done over these hours and hours and hours of programming. Now, the first thing I want to play is my wife, Joyce, and me on the 100th episode of the show that aired back on November 4th, 2004. And uh, I guess we were talking about the creation of the show and the first show that I ever did uh, when WTBB was back in Merrick before we moved out to Babylon. And just the the zaniness of it and and the, the crazy engineer we had then and just the whole different weird setup that it was. So I'll be playing that. Then uh, the song 99 Barrels of Oil from the 139th episode in August of 2005. Then we'll hear from Herman Glogauer with a public service announcement and a little tune called I'm a Bad, Bad Man. Fairly recent. That goes only to April of 2006. And then we got to get Jeff Goodman in here because he's been such a an integral part of the program for the past few months now. He's not on every show, but when he's here, he certainly makes his presence felt, and he's become certainly a favorite among listeners. So we're going to play a little stickle of me and Jeff bantering, as we do not only sometimes on this show and on all the pre-shows that we do at 10.30, but now we're doing it on a different station on WUSB-FM 90.1 out in uh, Stony Brook every other Friday morning from 3 until 6.30 a.m. So that's three and a half hours of Jeff and myself. But okay, let's let's get back to episode number 100 with my wife, Joyce, who, by the way, this past week defended her dissertation, and rather well, and had some rather good news, a few revisions, a couple of weeks more, and boom, 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 she's a doctor. So let's hear me and pre-Dr. Joyce, going back to 2004, the 100th episode of Dave's Gone By. There's a lot of people um, I'll be thanking on this episode of Dave's Gone By, including the engineers I've worked with and some of the the folks who've been on the show, but someone that I thank every single week is uh, my beloved and wonderful and terrific wife, Joyce, who is almost never actually on the program. You never hear her, but tonight we're going to make that exception because it is a special occasion, occasion. So, Joyce... Say hi to the folks. Hello, everyone. And um, let me ask you something. I mean, you were there at the beginning stages of 
Dave's Gone By when I was first thinking of doing it and bringing it to GBB. What did you think of the idea, really? Well, since I did conceive of the name of the show, I think the name was um, a good invention. But I, I also thought the show was a lot of fun. And it was a vehicle for you to express your express your creativity <laughs> and, and rage yeah. and rage in a positive way, and you could speak to many people. Which is which is true. So, what have you thought of? I mean, you listen as often as you can. I know you teach and you do about four zillion different things, but you try and listen pretty often. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I know there's stuff you like, you don't like. What, what are your thoughts about the show? Well, I would say um, over time, I think. I've seen a lot of changes on the show, mm-hmm. and in the beginning, I remember the first show when we entered the studio and we saw Paul eating, juggling, getting this, <laughs> and yelling, get out of the studio, get into the studio, disassembling machinery, and then plugging in uh, someone's guitar, yeah. and then you were quite nervous, and you had water, and your hanky, and several other, uh, like 30 pages of script, right, and then Paul's right. like, What's this? I have five seconds. Give it to me. Give it to me now. And you had 27 CDs arranged, color-coded, and uh, posted it. That's right. That's right. Then people should understand that a lot of times I pre-record shows now or I do the the engineering myself, which takes a lot of the the burden and the strain off. But but back in the beginning, everything was timed to, like, every five seconds. And they had a cat that was quite, not Joey's cat, but another cat that Paul and one of his um, friends had brought in. And we were holding the cat, and I remember the first thing they said to us was, we think the cat has fleas. Right. <laughs> and, you know, we have dogs of our own, so the lab, we, literally, as soon as we came home, we changed our clothes and burned them, because we, we didn't want to get fleas in the house. But, um, but it was fun, you know. It was, it was exciting. It was, yeah. It was and exciting. It's still fun for me. I mean, it's still fun. I think so. I think now, though, you're very much professional. You're Ooh. more like... In the beginning, it was more nervousness, and things wouldn't work right, and you were more frustrated, and you would scream and yell, and you know. Get <laughs> On the actual occasion, no, but, not really. But, but now it's more. It's finally produced. You have a production system. It's more. You know, the rough edges are off. It's more yeah. of a of a professional it has its show. Own central nervous system, basically. <laughs> Ninety-nine barrels of oil in the Gulf. Ninety-nine barrels of oil. If one of those barrels should happen to fall into the hands of Saddam Hussein loyalists, there'd be 98 barrels of oil in the Gulf. 98 barrels of oil in the Gulf. 98 barrels of oil. If one of those barrels should happen to fall off the transport truck and into the Arabian Sea, the market price would go up to $65 and there'd be... 97 barrels of oil in the Gulf, 97 barrels of oil. If two of those barrels should happen to disappear from their storage facility, along with three rocket launchers and a Grumman surface-to-air missile, there'd be 95 barrels of oil in the Gulf, 95 barrels of oil in the Gulf, 95 barrels of oil. If ten of those barrels should happen to be next to an Iraqi terrorist, who blows himself up, killing himself, two police trainees, and an American contractor, there'd be 86 barrels of oil in the Gulf. 86 barrels of oil in the Gulf. 86 barrels of oil. If 31 of those barrels should happen to disappear and make their way across the border to Libya without the House of Saud knowing anything about it, honest, there'd be 55 barrels of oil in the Gulf. 
55 barrels of oil in the Gulf. 55 barrels of oil. If 19 of those barrels should happen to spring a slow leak that nobody discovers until Osama bin Laden mentions them in a mocking speech on Al Jazeera, there'd be 36 barrels of oil in the Gulf. 36 barrels of oil in the Gulf. 36 barrels of oil. If 27 of those barrels should happen to be stolen by Hamas and then used to create a fireball that torches eight Israeli nightclubs, There'd be nine barrels of oil in the Gulf. Nine barrels of oil in the Gulf. Nine barrels of oil. If six of those barrels should happen to actually be filled with sand, even though the Syrians were paid millions and millions of dollars for their highest grade crude, there'd be three barrels of oil in the Gulf. Three barrels of oil in the Gulf. Three barrels of oil. If one of those barrels should happen to be smuggled onto an American Airlines jet, hijacked by two Pakistanis wielding really scary-looking box cutters as they crash into the 38th floor of the Empire State Building, there'd be two barrels of oil in the Gulf. Two barrels of oil in the Gulf. Two barrels of oil. If one of those barrels should happen to be used up, by all the gas-guzzling SUVs and four-wheel minis that people are still buying, even though there's only two f***ing barrels of oil left, there'd be one barrel of oil in the Gulf. One barrel of oil in the Gulf. One barrel of oil. If the current administration actually realizes there's a shortage crisis, well, first they invade Iran, Kuwait, and North Korea, during which Al-Qaeda regroups and joins with South American drug lords to attack Western Europe. This forces America, England, and Canada to declare war on South America, Central America, and Pakistan, causing Russia and China to form an alliance and use Cuba as a nuclear launch site, which quickly demolishes the lower half of the United States, while the upper half targets the Arab and Asian continents. But their chemical weapons go off course and accidentally hit Africa and New Zealand as well. So Australia launches retaliatory strikes at Washington, New York, and Chicago, which all go up in a massive vortex of smoke and debris and body parts, as do all the other continents and countries except for the Antarctic region, where the few remaining Eskimos live off fish and penguins for a while. But those die from radiation, which eventually poisons the Eskimos, too. So basically, all of the wildlife, nature, and humanity sinks into the ground, which at this point is just a radioactive desert of muck and debris. But after a few million years, vegetation appears, which leads to small bodies of water and multicellular organisms that soon turn into fish and reptiles and flying reptiles that become birds and big fish that crawl on the sand and become bears and giraffes and monkeys, which, over time, get smaller, less hairy, and walk upright. First men, then women, and they learn to hunt and fish and gather food. And thanks to oceanic tides and the decomposition of diatoms and other organic matter, there's 99 billion gallons of oil in the Gulf. But the cavemen don't care, because what do they know from oil, right? All they care about is food and fresh water. So they organize into tribes and start stockpiling, which leads to trading and deals and occasional hostilities. And one tribe has 99 gallons of water in its cave, while the other tribe has only 31 gallons of water. Well, you can probably guess what happens in the rest of the scenario, so I'm just going to stop and grab a beer. 
Welcome back to Dave's Gone By, or I should say this CD recording of the 200th episode of Dave's Gone By. And uh, what happened was I was playing a bunch of clips from previous shows just to celebrate this anniversary. And my wife called in, Joyce, and it was really cool because she was there for the very first episode. And she called in for the 100th episode, as you just heard, and I played that. And now here she was calling in to celebrate number 200. Only problem was that I did a little mistake with the recording deck and didn't get to tape most of the segment. So I'm very sorry about that, but I'm glad I, I caught a piece of it. And what we were talking about was not just the show and, and not just how Dave's Gone By has evolved, but it was a really major week for my wife because she defended her dissertation on uh, just a couple of days before. And so with a few more revisions in a, in a couple of weeks, I'll be calling her doctor. And the same week, her father went to uh, get a checkup was feeling perfectly fine, but the doctor noticed that his pulse rate was about three times what it should have been, and they checked him into the hospital immediately and had him there, and, and he turned out to be okay, it had to be monitored and stuff like that. But imagine all of this that my wife was going through. The day she defended her dissertation, instead of going right out to celebrate or go with friends, we had to go down to Jamaica Hospital to visit her dad. And again, it was great to see that he was feisty and fine, but you know, it was kind of an interesting day, and also it brought up memories of when I had a hernia a few years earlier, and some of the, uh, the interesting events of that particular day, basically because I was kind of queasy, not from even the surgery or, or not from what might or might not happen, but simply from the fact that it took a while to admit me to the operating room once I was already prepped. I was getting nervous and woozy and mostly from just kind of knowing there was an IV in me because I hate needles and they, they creep me out. And here I am always looking at my hand and there's a needle stuck in it. Well, her dad, that's all I can sort of focus on because he's there and he's got IV going into him. And I'm like looking at him and getting queasier and queasier and, uh, well, Joyce will tell us the rest. It was like fluttering like a little butterfly. Oh yeah, you were oh, not yeah. in good shape, Papu. I mean, that was that was just that was quite a quite an ordeal. You but, were clammy. But I was I was literally I was getting clammy when your dad was in the uh, in there just because I saw what he was talking about. You know, he was, he was bitching about the, the tape around his arm. Like mm -hmm. it got sweaty, mm -hmm. and the IV would keep or the IV tape would keep loosening and falling out. So I was like, ah. No, but even his finger, the reason he had blood on his finger was because they do a, a pinprick on the finger to test for, uh, you said for sugar, because I don't know if the, if the blood thinner makes you, um, like pre-diabetic, or if they were just testing the level of blood thinner in his blood, I'm not quite sure, but that's why that little thing was bloody that he was holding. Wow. It wasn't from the IV, that blood. No, it was, it was basically, it had to do with the size of his prick. His <laughs> uh, you know, they were testing him, honey. So, anywho, uh, we've got uh, the gospel people are here already. I thought they'd be late today, but no, they're here. I'm oh, well. Oh, well. So, I've got to let you go. But, again, mazel tov, mazel tov on your dissertation, on your defense, which is, uh, you know, congratulations. I mean, I, I know it's three weeks early to say mm -hmm. final congratulations. Mm -hmm. But final congratulations, because, you know, you'll get it done. And so, this is great news. And, and happiness and love and, and another 200 days gone by at least. Amen, Papa. Thank you, baby. Love you. I love you, too. 
I love all of you out there listening. Got to do some some last minute business. Got to can't play all the stuff I wanted to, but I do have to do a couple of commercials, and then I will be right back with the rest of Dave's Gone By. What's playing on Broadway? I'll tell you what's playing on Broadway, and I'll do it by checking Performing Arts Insider. Off Broadway, off off Broadway, off 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 Broadway. You keep adding offs, they'll keep adding listings. Who's in the cast? What's it about? Why is it special? Performing Arts Insider is Broadway the best way. 516-295-1511. 516-295-1511 or see performingartsinsider.com. Do you know who pays for this wonderful program? Not the radio station, not the government, not even the vicious comedy elves. No, the people who keep Dave's Gone By going are the sponsors and the listeners, people getting their message across to Dave's audience. Your advertising dollars can support every show, while at the same time bringing Dave's listeners to your restaurant, your travel agency, your yogurt shop, whatever. And if you don't think advertising on Dave's Gone By is effective, a certain theater magazine, mortgage company, and copy shop would surely beg to differ. So, try a half-minute ad for half a year, or a full-minute ad for a whole year. Either way, you will become part of the Dave's Gone By family. A strange, dysfunctional family, but a family nonetheless. See the rate card at davesgoneby.org or email davesgoneby at aol.com and they will be in touch. Hi, this is Bruce Adler, and you are listening to Dave's Gone By on WGBB. The 200th episode winding down here. Just have one or two minutes to wrap up. I want to thank again Bruce Adler. Find out what he's doing and where he's at at bruceadler.org. Com. He's going to be doing the Sunshine Boys with Avi Hoffman. Uh, he's doing it one night in New York in January. Got to check his website for that. And then he's doing it for two weeks in Florida in February. Thanking again also our sponsors, Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine, MortgagesRock.com, Hewlett Minuteman Press, and Fancy Schmancy Balloons. Want to remind everybody a couple of things to listen to on the radio. Indecent Exposure Radio, midnights on Saturday, all the way till 6 a.m. on Sundays on WVOX 1460 a.m. in New Rochelle, live streaming at WVOX.com. On this station, WGBB, you can hear Swing City Sam, a.k.a. Vic Fusco, Sunday nights at 9 for an hour of swing music, and radio psychic Joyce Keller, Wednesday nights at 11. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, I did one more interview with Mike Shimeri, or, or I should say he did an interview with me that we taped about a week and a half ago. Mike was a host on WGBB, and hopefully he'll be calling in during the New Year's party. He did a, a jazz show. Now he has kind of a talk and jazz show on WCWP which is the CW Post radio station, but he's giving that up. He's moving on to other things temporarily. So I am his last interview. I've been on there three times before, and it was so wonderful to have me on again. And that interview will air uh, December 22nd at 10 a.m. And also he tends to archive them. You can even hear some of the old ones by going to his website or also to davesgoneby.org. Reminding you also that the big time with Jeff and Dave, that's me and my good friend Jeff Goodman, will be airing um, this Friday 
December 22nd from 3 a.m. till 6.30 a.m. And, of course, if you're not up at that time, you can go to the WUSB.FM website and listen anytime during the following seven days. They keep it archived. And then, again, reminding you that next week, next Sunday, December 24th, I won't be doing the pre-show because they'll be doing Christmas music here instead, but there will be a new Dave's Gone By episode featuring Theodore Bakel. Oh, and, and then, if you are going to be listening to that show after midnight, Jeff and I are going to run from this station up to Stony Brook and get on the air at 3 a.m. and do three and a half hours of a special extra big time on uh, Christmas Day, 3 a.m. till 6 in the morning. Don't forget the WGBB New Year's party, December 31st from 9 p.m. till 1230-ish. We'll be taking your call-ins, so it's, it's a participatory thing. So if you have eight Jack Daniels and four vodkas, get on that phone and call in. We're on delay. It's okay. Uh, catch... And Vintage Dave's Gone by Thursdays and Saturday nights at 11 o'clock on Live365.com's DFSX radio channel. Again, go to davesgoneby.org for all the information and the links to that. So, thank you. Thank you to this station, to all the cool folks in it who allow me to keep doing what I do. Thank you to all of you listening and uh, helping make this show what it is. I will be back next week, Sunday, December 24th, 2006 with the 201st edition of Dave's Gone By featuring Theodore Bacall. Until then, don't miss your days going by. This is Dave Lefkowitz wishing you good night, happy Hanukkah, warm winter, hutsatsa. Oh, oh, and oh, before I forget, hey, there's a little, one more thing. This is just a clip of the very, very first episode of Dave's Gone By and the way we ended that show going into Hutsutsa and Gone By. I'm going to give out a bunch of thank yous for making this show what it's been so far. Thank you to station manager Joey Alcariz, our wonderful engineer Paul, my assistant and wife Joyce Weil, and the kind wishes of all the friends and acquaintances who've sent me good luck letters and emails this past week. And of course I want to thank all of you for listening. Please let me know your thoughts by snail mail and by email. Dave's Gone By at AOL.com. Please tune in next Sunday, same bat time, same battered station. Please have a great week, and don't miss it while it's going by. I'm David Lefkowitz. I want to wish you a good night. I wish you a good morning, and gone by. True story, true story. I'm on my way to the theater today for the performance. As I'm coming in the stage door, I see an elderly gentleman. He's sitting on the curb. He's crying bitter tears. So I went over to him. I said, Mister, what's the matter? Is life so terrible? What are you crying about? He said, Oi, they is me. Oi, they is me, Simagit. Oi, Simagit, life is wonderful. I just got married to a girl. She's 26 years old. I myself, I'm 93. Oi, Simagit. Oi, she cooks for me and she cleans. Leans for me. She makes with me cuts in you, moots in you. Oi, vey is near, simagit, 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 simagit. So I said, what are you crying about? He said, I can't remember where I live. <laughs> now I'm finished with my song. Like I promised not too long. All right, it took up 60 minutes. Just be glad this time I'm finished. Oh, 